Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Good morning, Los Angeles, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Warrior Show. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Clapper. I'm an orthopedic surgeon at Cedar sinai for 31 years. What a busy day in the operating room yesterday. Two hip replacements and four knee replacements. Ten hours straight. It was fantastic. Dr. Clapper. <laughs> Thank you, Kobe. Thanks for doing the promo. Thank you, Dave Miller. Great. You know, what I can't believe is how much younger the Weekend Warrior patient is getting. I'm not doing these implants, titanium, metal against plastic surgeries on your grandmother anymore. I'm doing them on you. So stop taking Advil before you go to the gym. If it hurts, change the way you exercise. I've written a bunch of books with Lindy Yui. Heal your hips, heal your knees. It'll teach you how to cross train and more importantly, start to think about doing more exercises in water, in a pool. The buoyancy of the water, the resistance on the muscles. I'm so excited for today's show. My guest at 8.15 is the great Harvey Kubernick, who is our favorite musicologist. The reason he's coming on is to talk about the 50th anniversary of, in many people's opinion, not just mine, the greatest rock and roll song ever made, Eric Clapton, Derek and the Dominoes, Layla. But what you don't know, what I didn't know, is that what makes that song so special, other than the fact that he wrote it to George Harrison's wife, Patty Boyd, who he ended up marrying himself, is that the song, the sound of the song is special because it's the first time that there are not one, but two lead guitars taking charge. Who's the other guitar player? Who could play on the same level as Eric Clapton in this duet? None other than Dwayne Allman, who many people consider one of the greatest guitar players of all time, who tragically died in a motorcycle accident as a guy in his 20s. But that's what made it special, and it's the brainchild of the producer, Tom Dowd, who plugged both of these guitar players into the same amp and made that special sound of Layla. Steve Paulette, let's give people a taste of what that sounds like when two lead guitars are playing simultaneously. Let's listen to Layla. Oh my God. So the secret is that Eric Clapton really went after playing the blues guitar and his signature move was bending the strings. Dwayne Allman's totally different approach to playing the blues guitar was in sliding along the neck of the guitar two different approaches to get to the same place but when you combine the two the subtle difference between them is what makes this blow up so where one great guitarist is terrific combining two together makes layla makes something incredibly special and it made me think all week you know how much i love the worlds i live in of surgery of sports and of art I believe that they're same. You just have to find the connection. So where, I thought all week, will we see this whole idea of strength when you do it with two, the duets? Well, in art, in music, Sergio Mendes and Brazil 66, he teams up with Herb Alpert, who's starting a brand new record label. 
And to really blow the roof off of the record business, Sergio Mendes decides, hey, I'm a band leader. I'm a Brazilian band leader. I love bossa nova. I'm used to having two trombones or a trombone and a trumpet, separate instruments as a band leader. But maybe instead of having one lead singer, I'll have two female lead singers. And the sound he created was so special, Sergio Mendes, that he was actually able to take a song in Portuguese, which nobody understands the meaning of this song, and make it a number one record all over the world. Mashkenada, no one has any idea what they're talking about. It's in Portuguese. But because you have two lead singers, women, for the very first time, people could not get enough of this new sound that Sergio Mendes created. What about in sports? Well, in sports, wait till you hear this story. The greatest story in my lifetime of someone coming up with the idea of one champion is great, but what if I have two champions? Was Venus and Serena Williams' father, Richard Williams. How he premeditated, he wanted to have not one daughter, but two daughters. This is before they are born, and I'm gonna make them into not one, but two tennis champions. And how he devised this, how he took upon tennis, he never picked up a racket in his life, coming from the cotton fields of Louisiana. He taught himself how to play tennis, recognized how you should stand differently than the way traditionally women would stand to play tennis. The open stance versus a closed stance. I don't even know what he's talking about, but he does. And you got to hear how he created not one, but two of the greatest tennis players of all time is an amazing story. That's today's topic. When one is great, but duets, the strength of doing it twice is special. Clapper Vision, when we open the clinic, by the way, the number is 877-710-ESPN, is going to be about Carolina Panther running back. Talk about doing two things at the same time. He's not only the best running back, but he's also the best wide receiver, and that is Christian McCaffrey. Well, he's not playing this week because he has a persistent shoulder injury. What's the shoulder injury that he has that's so fascinating to me? It's his, it's his acromioclavicular joint. Right now, feel your shoulder. Feel your collarbone. That's your clavicle. Now feel the tip of your shoulder. That's your acromion. There's a joint that connects the two called the AC joint, which is what he's injured. And here's the clapper vision. You all are aware of what a pull-up bar looks like, a chin-up bar, right, in the gym. It's just a horizontal bar. You can put it in your house between the, the door frame of a door, right? So it's mounted, it's a horizontal bar into the two beams that make up a doorway. When you, here's the clap revision, when you hang from a pull-up bar or hang from a chin-up bar, your two arms are hanging on the pull-up bar. Your arms are going vertical, the bar is horizontal. What's fascinating about the AC joint is that there's three different ligaments. One of the ligaments is horizontal, just like the chinning bar bolted into the door frame, horizontal. But your two arms go straight vertical to hold on that chinning bar. There are two ligaments, the conoid and trapezoid ligament that come from a piece of the shoulder blade, the scapula, off of what's known as the coracoid process that are vertical ligaments. That's why you either injure this, this joint horizontally, which is what Christian McCaffrey did, but when you see people's clavicle pop up under their skin, that's not from injuring the transverse ligament. That's when you knock out one of the two arms, one of those two ligaments that go vertical. When you have that, Christian McCaffrey ain't coming back to play this season. But when you injure the transverse ligament, it's painful. It'll go on to heal. They can shoot them up with an injection to make it numb. But at least it's still a functional joint because you only injured the horizontal ligament. You've only injured the bolt of the chinning bar into the door frame. 
You haven't cut someone's arms off. And that's the difference between an injury to the AC joint where you can play next Sunday versus one where you're out for the season. All right, let's get into today's show. Oh, I'm so excited. You just heard a little bit of Layla. Let's listen to how this came about from the producer, Tom Dowd. Let's go to number one. I said, Eric, Dwayne Alban was on the phone. He and the brothers are playing here tomorrow, and he was hoping he could come by. And Eric looked at me, he said, you mean the chap who played on the back end of the Wilson Pickett Hey Jude record, and he plays me Dwayne solo? And I said, yes. He said, he's playing here tomorrow? I said, he's doing an outdoor concert. He said, we have to go see him. We went down there and sat in the front, just behind us in what would normally be the security line. Dwayne opened his eyes during a solo, looked down and stopped dead in his tracks. And from there on in, uh, it was like two big wide-eyed kids looking at each other. This is the words of the producer, Tom Dowd. You hear Eric Clapton. You're not going to hear Dwayne Ullman because he's dead, tragically. But Eric Clapton is taking Derek and the Dominoes to Miami to make a record. Fortuitously, the Allman brothers are playing in Miami at the same time. And this producer decides to put these two gods and guitar together. Number two. There were very few words exchanged. It was just complete musical dialogue among them. They, they, they just look and say, hey, man, how do you And that, that, it just, the, the magic happened. Number three. We had both developed an early love for blues. And the interesting thing was that he was coming from a, di a slightly different direction. He had developed a very unique bottleneck slide style while I was bending strings. So we were coming from the same place but traveling on different paths and, and could meet and yet sound completely different to one another, even though we had the same principles going on in our head. 50 years ago, they make this song. This Tom Dowd saved the recording. He's going to now play for you separately what two separate great guitar players sound like, but then you're going to hear him put it together. This is what makes the power in the duet. Number four. That I just want to look at Eric and Dwayne playing duet on the lead and Dwayne playing the harmonic parts. Uh, during the solo section. That's Dwayne that we hear on the left. And if I pull Dwayne down a little bit, now you're gonna hear the duet. Dwayne and Eric playing the melody on the right. And here they are all together. And it's just beautiful. Those are notes that aren't on the instrument. Those are notes that are off the top of the instrument. They're playing notes that actually are not even on the instruments. Can you imagine that? Talk about musical genius. Because it's all in their fingertips. As a surgeon, 15,000 surgeries after 31 years. Trust me, the feel that I can have and when I teach the residents, I know they don't know what I'm talking about because it's hard for me to articulate what it's like to feel the quality of a ligament so that your knee replacement works perfectly, so you bend it beautifully. It's, it's hard to describe, it's not in the book, but I got news for you, whether you're listening to the show and you're a carpenter, you're an electrician, or you're a computer person, you do it enough times, you get to be like what Tom Dowd's talking about, something called touch. Let's listen to number five. That's, that's what makes those people such magnificent guitar players. It's in the tips of their fingers. It's not in a knob. It's not how loud they play. It's touch. It's touch. And both of them have exquisite technique and touch. Mm. Now let's listen to music, someone else who did it, who came up with the idea of one is good, Two is better. It's the great Sergio Mendez. Let's go to number seven. Because I'm a melody guy, I love melodies. Mm -hmm. And 
I was attracted to Cole Porter, Gershwin, Irving Berlin, and all of a sudden I hear Fool on the Hill, that beautiful melody. For me, it was kind of say, wow, if I can do an arrangement of that and have, make it into Brazilianized, if I can say that word, and make it, make it different, will be a different version of the song. That's what I did. The same thing was uh, when I heard The Look of Love was already recorded by uh, uh, Dusty Springfield. Yes. And the Beatles had recorded. So my curiosity took me there, okay, if maybe I can give a new rendition of that song. The Look of Love, Dusty Springfield, but she's one singer and she's fantastic. But here's when Sergio Mendez tells the interviewer, this is when I came up with the idea of two female lead singers. Oh, I love this. Number nine. And I had a Brazilian singer and a Brazilian guitar. And I said, you know, I've been using instrumentals and trombones and saxophone. I love the human voice and the women's voice. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, it was just random because I said, man, that's, I'm going to do now vocals. Since I'm not a singer, I'm going to have, instead of having two trombones and a saxophone, I'm going to have two singers. So as I was working on that sound, I liked very much the texture, and I still do that. And he was able to pull it off, Sergio Mendez, so beautifully. Changed the world of music, because two female lead singers are singing. He's so successful, he can make a song in Portuguese, a number one hit, and no one understands a single word. Finally, number 10. That song, let's talk about Mashkinada. I was still working in the nightclub in Rio when I heard that song. And I played with quartets and quintets. And, and it's, it's a, such a magical song because here's a song that never had English lyrics. Mm -hmm. It would destroy the song if I had English lyrics on it because there's something very special. It's a chant. Mm -hmm. And people, doesn't know, don't, people don't know what it means. Doesn't, does not, the song doesn't have deep meaning. It's not a poetical song. But but when you hear it with two lead singers that are female, it changes everything. Let's listen to Mosh Kinada before we go out. These are two lead singers singing simultaneously. Just like Eric Clapton and Dwayne Allman playing simultaneously. What about in sports, raising two girls simultaneously to become champions? We'll get into that. The great Richard Williams and his two girls who changed the world of tennis forever by recognizing the power of duality and duets. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. On, it's Max. You know there's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with my friend Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show. Don't forget to check out my show weekdays, <laughs> 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. <laughs> when I see the food, I eat it. Bada boom. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I'm on a light diet. I only eat when it's light out. Bada boom. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. The man with the foolish grin is keeping perfectly still. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Had the biggest smile on my face right now hearing kobe bryant promote the show hearing my friend max kellerman do a promo for the show knowing i'm working with steve Paulette, and knowing that you all are listening i'm trying to make the world a better place one person at a time we're all in this together and i love it duality strength and duality what about food you know how much i love food Last Sunday, I went surfing. The winds were howling. But I rode a board that I brought back from Hawaii. It's a board made by my favorite shaper, Sippy. He's since retired. This board is 11 feet long. Can you imagine? Taller than a basketball court. 11 feet. Weighs 50 pounds. Three 
redwood stringers going right down the board to give it its strength. And through those howling winds, I could paddle right through them, no problems. Like driving an old-style Lincoln Continental, like that car that they drive in entourage, big as a house. That's what that board is like. But after I finished surfing last Sunday, I went to my favorite donut shop because I was ready. And you think, think and speak about strength and duality. Sue's Bakery, it's called Good Time Donuts. She gave me a donut. That is the strength in duality, in duets. It's called a tiger tail because she winds chocolate and the glaze and intertwines it like a woman's braid. You take one bite of that donut and your life changes. Go to Ventura, go to Good Time Donuts and ask for the tiger tail. Tell them Dr. Clapper sent you. She'll get a big smile on her face. Awesome. Let's get into the duality, the strength of duets in the sports world. I do not know why to this day Richard Williams is not in the Hall of Fame of tennis, is not recognized for changing the world more than anyone else. Controversial? Yes. Outspoken? Yes. But you cannot deny what this man did in sports. And he didn't do it just once. He did it with two different stars. You got to hear this, this story of Richard Williams. Let's go to number one. You had such strong ambitions for your children. You write in your book that you had a, a plan to train your daughters, your two daughters, to be tennis stars even before Venus and Serena <laughs> were, were born. And, and where, where does that idea come from? Let me tell you something about here. I remember one of the girls so bad until someone said to me, say, well, how you know you're not going to have a boy? Mm. I said, oh, no, that'll never happen. I'm having a girl. And I did have a girl, too. <laughs> he's the best. He's like Lonzo Ball. I'm going to tell you, he's going to be a star. I love it. Number two. So, yes, I planned their careers long before they were born. I started planning the, year, the Venus career uh, of money-wise before I could pay her, her way through tennis. And I planned the education also. I planned everything. I wrote a 42-page plan, an 86-page plan. I could have been an 84-page plan, then a 107-page plan. But I, I wrote everything. Hmm. The big question is, Richard Williams, why tennis? You, know, you never picked up a tennis racket in your life. Why tennis? Listen to this, number three. And why tennis? At that time, I seen a girl, I didn't know her name then, her name is Virginia Rizik now, and uh, she had won the tournament, and I understood that she won $40,000 for four days. So I said, you know, if I had two kids, I'd become rich. So <laughs> That was your motivation. You thought tennis, because I, I can get rich off of That was what my action motivation. Number four. But as we went along and watched tennis, I realized that not only they had the wrong concept, I had the right education plan and everything else, but the wrong concept trying to make it on someone else. And I started saying, I'm going to make it on my own. Well, I mean, it, it's so astonishing. I mean, uh, uh, you had no previous experience no. with tennis. Did you ever pick up a racket before? No matter okay. where I come from, you couldn't pick a racket up. Okay. You set out to teach first yourself the game, <laughs> yeah. and then you start training Venus and Serena when they're old enough. Unbelievable. But here's where the genius of Richard Williams comes in. Number six. So I decided that one day I wasn't going to allow no one to teach them because I didn't know what they would teach, but I knew what I would teach. So I taught myself how to play tennis, how I could teach them. That wasn't the hardest part. That was easy. The hardest part was the establishment of tennis. Because when I came through with tennis, I wanted them to hit with what is called an open stand. And tennis had never done open stands before. So they said, this guy's a nut. This guy's crazy. Yeah, crazy like a fox. I want you to listen to what he sounds like being recorded when the girls are still young this is going back to 1992 they're just venus is just starting to play in tournaments but listen to the little girls go yes daddy yes sir 
as he's teaching them tennis. This is powerful. Number 13. How do you feel about you hitting the ball right now? Good, Daddy. How about your feet? Your feet moving well? No, Daddy. How about you? Yes, yeah. Very good. So what we want to do, you know, don't get excited. This is your game. Richard was going around and begging private country clubs like Riviera Country Club and others to give him their used balls. And he would then fill up a shopping cart in an old Volkswagen bus. We didn't talk on the phone. We didn't go to school parties and all that stuff. But somehow I don't feel like I missed out. I mean, there's probably a few things I wanted to go to, but I figured I wasn't going to go, so I didn't ask. And anyway, most of the time I was at practice. For those of you weekend warriors like me, who have a daughter, that relationship of the father and the daughter is one of the greatest experiences you can have. They didn't miss out on anything because Venus and Serena knew they had a father that wanted the most for them. He was like a Jewish mother. It was fantastic. Number 14. Venus, absolutely. There was so much pressure on her to become a great player. You know, Richard was was talking about it every single day to every every newspaper in the country. You know, so she definitely uh, she had it. She had it the toughest. If you down with your face flat like a 97 year old person, you'll never be a tennis player. <laughs> Richard was very very protective, and he generally would never let anyone around the girls. He was extremely protective because he had seen so much. What do they say about pressure? It either breaks pipes or makes diamonds. Richard Williams was making a diamond in Venus Williams. Now you may argue, what about the little girl? What about Serena? How's she gonna feel in all of that? Will it break her or make her into a diamond? Guess what? We all know the answer to that question. Serena Williams is probably the greatest athlete, man or woman, to come out of Southern California. She was the little sister watching her dad cherish and nurture her older sister. It didn't crush her. It actually drove her to be even greater. Let's listen to number 15. What do you feel inside when you're on the court? I feel good. I feel good. What didn't I do to try to copy Venus when I was younger? I mean, her favorite color was my favorite color. Her favorite animal was my favorite animal. She wanted to win Wimbledon. I went to Wimbledon. Mm. And finally, number 16. It was very difficult being in the shadow of Venus because ever since I can remember, Venus was always in the newspapers and always, you know, in the press. I wish your feet keep moving like that. Don't them move like that there. That's really good, you know? I was never supposed to be good. I was never the one that was supposed to be like a great player. But I was determined not to become a statistic. So that's the only reason I play tennis. And, you know, I was a, a copycat, basically. And Richard Williams is asked by CNN, kind of trying to figure out. I remember an interview like this where the guy who discovered Elvis Presley. The interview says, don't you feel bad that you sold his rights for $35,000? I think it was Sam Phillips. He said, feel bad? $35,000, the greatest amount of money I'd ever seen. Yeah, you got to be walk a mile in Richard Williams' shoes. Don't try to make him feel bad that you have two daughters competing against each other. He doesn't see it that way. He sees it that he raised the, the strength in the duet. It's both of them that he's so proud of. Number 11. When we look back on this era of tennis and everything that Venus and Serena achieved, what do you think their legacy is going to be? Well, Venus changed tennis, period, altogether. Venus was not accepted as a, when she first came. Not at all. She changed the sport money-wise. Venus and Serena made things so different. They raised the bar. Number 12, finally. In general, has there been an emotional toll for you in raising these champions? Sometimes uh, it brings tears to my eyes. See, I couldn't live the way I live if it wasn't for them. But I always share with them. Serena oftentimes likes me to know that uh, if it wasn't for me, she wouldn't be where she is. That's enough to make you cry. And I try to get them to believe that they uh, pushed themselves, not me. 
too many parents are pushing their kids the wrong way. And that could have been me at one time. Yeah, but he told them they were great from the moment they were born. And they became great because they believed in their dad. That's powerful. There is a strength that you just don't get when you're one. There's something electronic that happens when Dwayne Allman and Eric Clapton play at the same time. When those two singers sing at the same time for Sergio Mendez. And when Venus and Serena play tennis, it's the most special thing than seeing a single champion. The power in duets. That's today's topic. I just love it. Let's open the clinic. Let's do some orthopedics, some clap revision. The number is 877-710-ESPN. I definitely want to take you into the operating room with me this week at a glimpse of what I found in a knee surgery where an anterior cruciate ligament, ACL surgery, went very bad 30 years ago for someone and how I was able to rescue their knee. I'll take your calls, shoulders, knees, hips, whatever it is orthopedically. We'll do some clap revision. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. What's the best medicine besides chicken soup, <laughs> vitamin C, <laughs> green tea, <laughs> prunes, uh, yeah. shot whiskey? <laughs> Not around here. What's the best medicine? I cannot wait. We call it clafter. <laughs> Dr. Clapper calls this guy. He says, I got bad news and I got worse news. Guy says, give me the bad news. Doctor says, you got 24 hours to live. The guy says, what could be worse than that? Doctor says, I've been trying to reach you since yesterday. Clafter. <laughs> You're listening to the Weekend Warrior Show presented by Cedar sinai What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. I want to be called Dr. Rocky Clapper. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. That's all you need to enter my world is a chocolate babka. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's the great Sergio Mendez in Brazil, 66. The Look of Love, two female lead singers. Mm. All right, let's open the clinic. All the lines are lit up. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Let's go to Jose. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Kyle. Kyle, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hey, Dr. Clapper. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 53 years old, and I, I sell medical equipment. Nice. What did your father yeah. do for a living? My dad was a PE teacher and a coach. Oh, wow. How was that? Yeah. Did he put extra pressure on you like Richard Williams did to Venus and Serena, or did he leave you alone? You know what? I, the thing that you said that caught my ear was, uh, you know, when, when a father believes and says you're great, you tend to believe it growing up. Yeah. I think I was real lucky because he never put negative pressure too much. He just wanted me to have fun, and he told me I was great when I probably wasn't. And little by little, I got to where I could uh, play a little bit. <laughs> Isn't that great? Did you do yeah. that with your kids? You know, I never had kids. Really? So, uh, just uh, No, just uh, just my cousins and other, other friends' kids, but uh, I think it's a good, good philosophy. And where did you grow up? What high school did you go to? I was up in Seattle, um, Lake Washington High School up there. Wow. How interesting. Yeah. Where did your yeah. family come before they wound up in Seattle? Where did they come from? Yeah, where did they, they, they you know, you're, like, you're not like four generations in Seattle. Where did they come from no. before? They came, my dad was in Nebraska and my mom's family came from New Orleans. And why did they end up in Seattle? I think just work, following their, their parents out this way, you know. Um, interesting. Following the, following the work. And what brought you down to Southern California? Well, I play the I play the saxophone pretty seriously. You know, I do the whole ninety four seven the wave and that kind of stuff. You know, I I consider myself a musician before a before a salesman, but I got to pay the bills too. So I I came down here because this is where all the the great players are, and it's just uh, easier to record and and uh, do that type of stuff. Who is your favorite saxophone player? And teach me what it is that they <laughs> do that amazes you. 
<laughs> I guess I'd have to go back to uh, to Grover Washington Jr. because I'm more of an R&B, R&B player myself, and uh, I like that he blended a couple of genres. You know, he uh, he played R&B without vocalizing it, so he was playing melodies that you felt like you could sing along, as opposed to you know, jazz is great, but you can't really sing along to it. You know, straight up traditional jazz. Mm. And I mm. like that he would take R and B and put a saxophone over it as a lead instrument. So that's mm. kind of the path I took, and uh, I really like that because you tend to get people dancing a little faster, and uh, and uh, more people can relate to it. I think. What do you think about the Layla song where Tom Dowd put two lead guitar players together, Dwayne Allman and Eric Clapton? Oh, I think it's I think it's great. I think I think the synergy of two of two musicians or two athletes, like you were saying, really plays off each other and, and tends to keep people dialed in and, and probably elevate a little bit more. Not necessarily just straight competition, but just you know, inspiration, whatever you want to call it. Good for you. It's a pleasure to yeah. talk to you, Kyle. Let me see if I can help you. What's up? <laughs> well, like I said, uh weekend warrior growing up, um, play a lot of sports with my dad. I, I had a, a lifelong injury that started when I was 13, 14, which is I would wake up in the morning and it would feel like my left hip was just slightly out of the joint. Obviously it wasn't, but it's like waking up with a crink in your neck to where mm-hmm. you keep moving it, trying to get it to rotate. And it's the outer hip and it would last a day, maybe two, and then it would go away. I, I, in the night it would just crack back into alignment or whatever it was. Um, in my adult life, it hasn't happened that often until last uh, Labor Day, I was up visiting the parents up in Seattle, and I was in the kitchen with my mom, just not lifting anything, doing anything strenuous, and I felt the old, up oh, there it is, you know, out of the, out of the socket again, out of, out of alignment. Didn't pay much attention, but it's lasted for just over a year now, and at times it's so painful at night, it just throbs, and I, there's certain positions I just can't move it in, and I've, I've heard you talk about the labrum in the shoulder. I know there's a labrum in the hip, and you know, I have my theories, and I've had an MRI done, but with COVID, tough to get in and, and get stuff that's not ultra-critical looked at. So I've been wanting to get it fixed because I don't have full strength on that side, and it just kind of – there are certain positions I can't move in properly. So I thought I'd get your take on that. So what you're probably dealing with, and I don't have an X-ray in front of me or an MRI, but because this dates back so far in the past, during the actual development – of the ball and the socket in your hip joint, you have now gone beyond just the labrum. You've gone beyond the linoleum. You are now entering the plywood under the linoleum, the floorboards themselves. And I'm not saying that there's termites. I'm saying that this linoleum was not glued down properly to to give you a clapper vision from mm-hmm. my favorite world of carpentry where my father you know spent his whole life mm-hmm. because you never had the right kind of glue to hold the linoleum down so now you're 50 something years old you're now dealing with damage that occurred to the plywood because the linoleum was never properly seated so an mri is going to be important and x-ray is going to be important but what you're dealing with in essence here's another clapper vision You've had a car where you didn't spend the money for the alignment to be right. You just kept replacing the tires. And the reality is is the tires are going to wear out faster if you don't spend the extra money having the mechanic fix the alignment at the same time. So you need an exam, you need an x-ray, and you may not even need an MRI if I could see that there's what's known as dysplasia. What does that mean? It means that you do not have a match between the size of the ball with the hemisphere of the socket, and that causes it to wear out prematurely. So there's a book I wrote with Linda Yui called Heal Your Hips. Get a copy. We give the money to the homeless. You need to get a copy of that book, but you win the prize. It'll be my pleasure. You'll call my office. You tell them I spoke to you on the Weekend Warrior Show, and you won't have to wait three months. It'll be my pleasure to help you, Kyle, so you can get back into the action uh, where you really need to be. This is something that goes way back, but it actually has now led to structural changes that you're still feeling. So it's a mismatch between the ball and the socket, and I can't wait to look at it with you and teach you in person. It'll be my pleasure to help. All right? 
Fantastic. Thank you. All right, Kyle, listen, you're a total stranger. Not for long, but you're a total stranger right now, and I'm helping you. The way you can thank me is you go find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate everything. Thank you so much. All right, Kyle. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. All right, we'll pay some bills. We'll come back. The lines are all lit up. I think I'll keep doing the clinic. We'll keep doing some Clapper Vision. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Such a pleasure, Steve Paulette, to work with you every single Saturday. Warriors, can't wait to talk to you. Let's pay some bills. We'll come back. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. But don't miss my show, Monday morning, 5 to 9 a.m. on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. At 42 years old, you know what your new nickname is for me? (laughs) Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. You're not Matthew from Santa Monica anymore. You're Mr. Preop. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. About Layla from 50 years ago, my guest at 815, the great Harvey Kubernick. Two lead guitars playing at the same time. Never been done before like that. Awesome. All right, let's keep the clinic open. Who are we going to next, Steve Paulette? Let's go to Adam. Actually, let's go to the beginning. When you say we're going to the beginning, what's the guy's name? It's going to be Adam because he's the first one. Good for you, Adam. <laughs> Good, doctor. A pleasure to talk to you. How young are you, and what do you do for a living? I'm 52. You may have to shut your radio off so I can talk to you. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm 52. And what do you do for a living, Adam? I'm um, a disability right now. You what? A disability. Disability. What did you do when you were working? Uh, I used to work for uh, parking services, parking, uh, parking attendant. A parking attendant running around. Yes. Yeah, I did that in the Catskill Mountains. I worked as a car hop before I became a busboy. Oh, my God. The problem is I didn't know how to drive a stick shift, and I was only 15 years old. One day I have to tell that story in the Catskill Mountains, how I learned how to drive a stick shift just so I wouldn't get fired. Oh, my God. How can I help you? What's up with you, Adam? Okay, I got a question. Um, I've been having a, a sciatic nerve for a while. It's been like about 10 years, I believe. And then uh, lately, I've noticed that for the last month and a half, there's a lot of numbness everywhere on my feet and legs. And I noticed for the last week or two, the bottom of my feet, the bottom, it's like if something is pinching me, and if I try to touch it, it's very sensitive. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've tried so many things, I have no idea what that is. Are you, do you listen to the show? You know what Clapper Vision is? Uh, yes, yes. Are you ready for a Clapper Vision? You want me to tell you what's going on with your spine? Yes. Basically, I want you to imagine you're going into your living room, Adam, and you've got a lamp that you use next to the chair so you can read the newspaper. It's got a light bulb. It's got a long shaft because it's a reading lamp. It then has a white cord that goes to a plug and the plug goes into the wall, right? You now flip the switch and the light is on. Believe it or not, the fact that the plug goes into the wall is the reason that the light bulb at the other end is working. But if you were to go to the wall and jiggle the plug, you could make the light bulb flicker. Capiche? The electricity traveling out of the wall, through the cord, up the lamp, into the light bulb, they're all connected. The sciatic nerve that's exiting your lower back at L2-3, L3-4, L4-5, whatever the level is, that's the prong of the plug into the wall. The electric cord that you see from the wall to the lamp is the nerve. It's the sciatic nerve. 
and the light bulb at the end is the bottom of your feet. So there's nothing to matter with your feet. There's nothing to matter with the sciatic nerve. The cord is fine. The light bulb is fine. Your problem, Adam, is what the hell is going on with the plug into the wall. And that's where the nerve root is. That's where the disc is. That's where the spurs are that cause stenosis. You need an MRI to see this, not just an x-ray. You don't need epidural cortisone shots, which I hate. You need someone to examine you, someone to look at these studies. And I'm not a big fan of spine surgery, but Adam, sometimes you need it. I love water exercises. We can get into all the holistic conservative treatments that I like, but guess what? I'm not interested in talking about treatment yet. You need a diagnosis. At Cedars, we have one of the best spine services in the country. These men and women know what they're doing. It's a whole spine service. You need to go see somebody. I'll give you a couple of names right now. You can go see the Hunt brothers. Lionel and Gabriel Hunt are terrific. You can go see Neil Anand. You can go see Robert Pashman. There, I can go through a whole list. Terrence Kim. These are excellent human beings and excellent surgeons that I would trust with my own spine. You call Cedars, have one of these guys take a look at you. That, to me, would be the greatest advice I can give you before anyone weighs in on what treatment to design for you. All right, Adam? All right. Thank you very much. All right, Adam. Listen, you're a total stranger. I just helped you. I need you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. I will. Thank you, Doc. All right. God bless you. All right, we got time for one more. Who are we doing, Stephen? Kojo. What a cool name. How come I got Robert and this guy got Kojo? I'm so jealous. Kojo, you're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Dr. Clapper, how are you? You got the most creative mother in the world. She named you Kojo. <laughs> Grandma gets the uh, credit for that. You probably don't remember me after all these years, but I walked into your office after crawling across the hospital lot one night because my, my two knees had given out. And I said, okay, Doc, I've been playing tennis for like 50 years at that time and coaching, and uh, if my knees were ready to go, I'm okay. And you said, no, we're not replacing the knees. Um, we're not ready for that. <laughs> you said to me, that's the last thing that we're going to do. And you'll know when that time comes. And I want you to go over and get some water therapy. Well, I took 15 sessions mm -hmm. of water therapy behind your recommendation. And then just to make it kind of in my own mind that I had my knees, I took the 50-mile bike ride over the Mexican mountains um, probably wow. two weeks after the water therapy session and made it through no isn't that no fantastic good for you kojo you're making me proud at that point i said okay this guy knows what he's talking about <laughs> but no i've said a lot of people to you over the years and you you basically recommended Thank that you. i cut down my long hours of working out on the courts for coaching and hitting eight nine hours ten hours a day um, I mm -hmm. did cut down, um, the meniscus, are uh, possibly not even there anymore. <laughs> and, uh, mm -hmm. I've, I've been, yep, the bone probably, bone, but I, but I do, um, I have a, um, microcirculation element that I deal with, with the blood flow and the different mm -hmm. oxygen supply. And I'm not getting, um, pain or swelling. Uh, back then I was Great. swelling up, you know, after a two hour workout. So, um, and your book and everything is, is just on point. The exercises pre surgery and preventive surgery, everything is cool. And, uh, yeah, Richard Williams and the Williams sisters are very special. So I said, let me call in and just say, Hey, and, uh, Thank you. Uh, Listen, it's for 
It's when Kojo is talking to Kojak. That's what I am is Kojak because I look like Telly Savalis. But it's a play. I want you to remember one thing, Kojo. There is no clock ticking. You are not making surgery on your knees any harder for me to do by waiting like you have or harder on yourself. The two tipping points for when you're going to say I'm ready to have surgery. And after all these years, yes, the technology has vastly improved. We have iPhones now. We don't have rotary phones anymore. A lot of technology in the phone business has improved, as well as in my world of knee surgery. So when the time comes, and here's when the time comes. When you're walking down the street and you feel your knee buckles, gives out on you, then it's time. Second tipping point, now your back hurts because you're walking awkwardly because your knees are not great. You don't want to create back problems because of your knee, then it's time. If you've achieved those two tipping points or either of those two tipping points, then it's time for you to visit. If not, then keep doing the pool, keep doing the bike, and stay away from people telling you a pill or a shot is going to grow hair back on top of my head or is going to create new cartilage in your knee. Be skeptical. Be a skeptical New Yorker till the day you die. That's what I advise you to do. If you're at the point where it's buckling and your back now hurts, then it's time for you and I to see each other again. If not, keep walking in the water, keep bike riding. And thanks so much for a beautiful phone call. I really appreciate it, Kojo. God bless you. All right, Warriors, we'll take a break. We'll pay some bills. Coming up next, I want to tell stories about the worlds that I relate to of sports, surgery, and music and art. The world where when you do it not once, but a duet, the strength in the duet. Coming up next, we'll get into it. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN.